Welcome to Model Rail Radio. I'm Tom Bartley, and this is being recorded live on Skype August 1st, 2020. Model Rail Radio is the internet's only live recorded radio show where the topic is the hobby of model railroading. So we're starting off the show, and we have on a new caller, which I absolutely love. I'd like to welcome on Joe Collins. Joe, as this is your first time calling into Model Rail Radio, would you like to introduce your model railroading interests? Sure. How are you, Tom? Thanks for having me. So I um, I live in South Jersey, and I guess I began only about two years ago getting into, uh, really getting into model railroading. I'm due to retire in a couple of years, and I didn't want to wait until I was out. So I decided to pick it back up from where I left off many years ago. And uh, I had the space in the house that I had built a couple of years ago. So I was able to convert that space to a layout room and then uh, take it from there. So I have a small room, 12 by 12. I have a 4 by 8 layout, HO scale. It's called the Southern Jersey and Pinelands Railroad. And it's certainly, uh, it's just a fictitious railroad. It's anything I want to put on, but I try and keep it Jersey oriented. Um, I try to run Jersey Central lines. I try to run Penn Central um, industries that were popular in South Jersey or there, which the lines, I guess, doing the research, there wasn't very much in the uh, South Jersey area for railroading. That was most of the railroading was concentrating in the northern part of the state. So I kind of mix and matched that a little bit with uh, Erie Lackawanna, um, Penn Central, and CNJ. But um, my, I still have a work in progress, and I spend whatever time I can down here and working on the layout and doing a lot of craftsman kit building. So I'm, I'm really at the craftsman kit. Wonderful. I, mean, I like to put my own stuff on there. Terrific. Terrific. So in terms of the era of the layout, did you mention that? Um, I try to keep it 50s, 60s. Cool. You know, because I think there's a little bit more, you know, I don't want to go all steam because I like to have some, you know, if I, if I run the Blue Comet passenger line, that's going to be diesel. I mean, um, steam. Mm. And then in the 60s, it was more of the, the diesels and the F units coming in. So I try and, uh, yeah, I try and put keep it I would keep it around the fifties and sixties if I can. So you mentioned the blue comet. I mean obviously like I guess the blue comet is t- technically it's tourism railroading, right? I mean I'm sure there was some like general passenger service, but it's mainly folks travelling I mean, look, my knowledge of the blue comet solely due to the Sopranos, let me just say. <laughs> so I am not a scholar with regards to the blue blue comet. But my understanding was that it was primarily a railroad to get people into Atlantic City. I mean, am I wrong in that? What, what's the history no, of Blue Comet? No, that's correct. So it ran from um, Jersey City mm-hmm. um, through the, I want to say the North Jersey coastline mm. down to Atlantic City. Um, and I, it might have gone through Philly. I'm not 100% sure. But it was pretty active line for a couple of years until mm. obviously the uh, the big disaster, the, the big uh, disaster hit it in the 30s and wiped it out. But um, it was it was, it was was definitely tourist, but I think there were a lot of um, passengers running uh, a lot of business running up from Philadelphia, taking it into Jersey City and then the ferries over to, uh, to New York. Mm. So in terms of the industries, in terms of the distinction, I mean, I've I've traveled through South Jersey, I've traveled through North Jersey, but I'm not sure the listeners, particularly with our large kind of international listener base, would understand the distinctions between North and South. How would you characterize the industries in South Jersey versus the industries in North Jersey? Uh, South Jersey, you're going to have a lot of um, sand industry, gravel, mm-hmm. mining, um, fish plants, uh, and North Jersey is going to be more industrial um, Tankers, uh, oil storage, and and the likes, so electrical electrical some electrical fields and and plants. But I think I think South Jersey is more it's more stone quarry type of uh, of deliveries and a lot of transfer stations from freight coming up from uh, Pennsylvania and then going to go out west. So in terms of people out specifically, what industries are you focusing on? As I turn around and look at it, I have <laughs> <laughs> I, I have one big industry, which is a uh, the, it's the Champion um, 
uh, packing company. Mm. So I was able to, I built the champion packing company. I built the, the Walter stockyard that goes with it. I kit bashed those two together and have boxcar, uh, stock cars come in, drop the cattle off or, or mm-hmm. the, the meat products off at the stockyards. And then the ramp to the packing company comes right up from the stockyard. And then I have some roads and, and access roads into the front of the packing company and some uh, small refrigerated trucks that will take the final product back out. So right now, that's the only industry that's actually up and running. Interesting. Uh, yep. But I do have a city, uh, a little city, a little cityscape with a with an intersection and a lot of the um, the Walters Main Street uh, buildings going um, going down those blocks. Cool. Um, I actually have Rick's Auto on there from My Mount Models, <laughs> I, 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 which is a great was a great kit building. I have mm. a couple of um, Ron's kits, so I have his um, his his skin, the Rick's Auto, mm-hmm. and I have the Sunrise. Uh, uh, warehouse, but I haven't gotten to put that together yet, but I'm anxiously waiting for that. So we talked a little bit about tourist traffic. You, your layout, I'm assuming, also has a decent-sized amount of passenger traffic as well because you mentioned a cityscape. So do you think it's going to be passenger, tourist, and then a small smattering of industries? Is that what you're going to look at? It is. It's not going to be very big. With you know, with a 4 by 8 I try and put as many different things on there as I can. Mm. It'll certainly be – the, the centre is going to basically be cities – I'm going to try and emphasize the uh, the businesses that were in the town with the with the different kits that I've been building. There'll be a little waterfront area, so I'll probably put some South Jersey fishery mm-hmm. uh, uh, fishery factory fish factories there. The packing company will be the main plant with a little lumber yard not far from it. And I still have to search it out and look for some uh, look around. I, I would love to put a quarry in there with be a South Jersey sand quarry mm-hmm. or gravel quarry. So I just have to find the spot for that, but uh, but it will grow. I mean, I, I put the room up here over the winter. Um, you know, it's like it's actually I think thirteen by thirteen. So mm. I have plenty of room to go. Wonderful. I just need to, but I don't want to start it until I'm actually done with the original the four by eight. And I don't want to be in a position where the four by eight is half done and and left, and then I start another project. So I'd rather just continue going until that's filled up and then start building the building the uh the framework for the the next layout very nice so you seem to be somewhat planning the next layout even if you're not allowing yourself to build it what do you think the next layout's going to look like well i will definitely put a passenger line in Mm. i want to run the blue comet because that's been sitting on the shelf so i have it (laughs) with the with the uh, the four by eight the turret the curves are a little tight Mm. to handle most passenger cars certainly so when I um, the next one, at least in the background, you know, it'll have probably like a, a dog bone type shape mm. where the new comet will run. And then next to it would be a freight line with some some branch lines coming off of it, servicing some industries along the way. So do you foresee it being a kind of round the wall kind of layout? Is that the plan? I do. I do. At least for two of the th- uh, three of the four walls. Interesting. Wonderful. So the fourth one is a work, little workshop and uh, workbench and some shelving and storage area. Do you foresee cannibalizing the the smaller layout for the larger layout, or are you going to keep the smaller layout and perhaps connect it up to the larger layout? What's your thinking? I'm going to keep it. Mm-hmm. I think the 4 by 8 stands about 46 inches high, 43 inches high, and I think the around-the-wall layout will go above that. Okay. Um, probably around 52 inches. Oh, interesting. And I'll go over, because right now the, the 4x8 is teed off of one of the walls. Okay. So when I put the other layout on, I'll s- squeeze in the dog bone as it goes over the 4x8 and then expand it again on each side of it. Interesting. Interesting. So the dog bone will actually abut over the 4x8. Interesting. That's right. Interesting. Yeah, that's what I'm going to, that's what I'm, that's the plan. Gosh. We shall see. <laughs> well, I've heard wonderful things about this retirement thing. So maybe, you know, I guess all possibilities lead. And you say you have a year left before you're officially I, yeah, fully I retired. A, I think I have a couple of years left. Okay. You know, I, I started working from home prior to um, prior to COVID. Um, so that afforded me the time to spend after work to a couple of hours a night 
mm. and really move out on it. Then with COVID, I'm here full time, and I don't foresee myself going back uh, full time anywhere. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the new normal for many of us now, actually. <laughs> yeah, it, it yeah. is. It is, but that's okay. Certainly, I mean, I'll stay. I'll stay home. Let them continue to pay me and to do the job for my house. And um, if they decide that it's time to bring, come back to the office, I think it'll be time for me to decide to retire. Amen. Amen. I've had I've had correspondence with a few folks that are regular participants and not at standard retirement age that are considering the same thing. So I think this might be a model rail radio phenomena. If you've got a nice hobby at home, retirement seems a lot nicer, I think. Uh, it sure does. <laughs> it sure does. And it gives me something to look forward to at night when I'm So Joe, it's it's your recently returning to the hobby. What what things change? What things did you find absolutely fascinating when you came back to the hobby? That you and and what things you know? I mean, talk a little bit about when when you left the hobby and the way things are now. Sure. Well, when I when I left, obviously it was I had just gotten married. This is in the early eighties, mm. so I, I had a small layout in the basement, and I was playing around with it. It was nothing special, right? Mm. It was a it was a package kit that you you had the oval with some extensions, straightaway extensions, and a couple of engines running around, mm. and you had to go. Either you had to go buy that, you had to know where to go, you had to go to the hobby shop. Um, the internet has changed it all, and with the power of Facebook and the power of the internet, I'm I'm just I'm just running up running up my uh, my credit card because I'm out there shopping from home and and having it delivered, and I can get it the next day for anything that I need. Um, you just don't have as many hobby shops that you can go to. Um, and if you do, they're not just train shops. Yes. You know, they're, they're kind of trying to support themselves with many different things, and the selections aren't just aren't there. Yeah. I think one of the distinctions between shopping in a hobby store and shopping online is oftentimes online people will, I don't know, make, make fr perhaps frivolous is the wrong term, but make purchases that when you get it, you're like, mm, okay, this is slightly different than, than what I found. Have you found that at all, or are you? Oh, are you, many times. Okay. Yeah, yeah, many times. I'll be past, I'll be looking for something and find something else will strike my eye and yes, I'll buy it and then uh, come to find out that it's still sitting on the shelf six months later. Then knowing someday I might use this. I think it's both a benefit and a detriment of doing a freelance layout. The prototypers really have very fixed, you know, fixed walls associated with their purchasing, but freelancing gives you some degree of freedom, which. Uh, Ultimately, it could also cause problems as well, particularly associated with frivolous purchases. It, it does. It does because I can just find something. I think I have a spot for that. Let me get it. <laughs> Let me take a look at it. And, uh, and then force it in there or put it on the shelf and say, well, maybe on the next layout, this will be fine. So in terms of listening to Model Rail Radio, this is obviously your first call. How long have you been listening to the podcast? About a year. So um, I, I found the podcast... When I was commuting, I used to commute to Connecticut, so the podcast helped that, helped that commute a lot. And um, for about two years ago, I started listening to uh, to Lionel. Mm -hmm. I started listening to you. Actually, I think you were the first one that I found. Wonderful. And um, it struck my fancy that here we are in the internet, and there's, there's something out there to, um, to listen to about something that I like. Uh, and then I joined a couple of the Facebook groups, and mm -hmm. we... I'm part of um, Brett and Todd's HO scale. Cool. And uh, I enjoy just building those kits and going along with those and all the guys that are in that group. It's certainly a community they've created. I remember I was on the East Coast, actually, uh, Ron, Kleiss, um, Ron Kleiss's place, and we were talking yeah. about the community probably a year, maybe a Just year ago. More. And, yeah, it's, it's just amazing, the community that they've created. Yeah, it's a great uh, – it's a good group. I mean, everybody – there's regular Zoom sessions uh, monthly now, so every you get about 13 guys that show up on cool. the Zoom, and we uh, we enjoy the camaraderie, and, and nobody's afraid to ask a question, and nobody's afraid to give any uh, to give some pointers and some help. So, as you listen to Model Rail Radio, as you listen to the Collection Podcast, but you're on Model Rail Radio currently, what topics could we be covering? What things are you missing that you'd like to hear more of on Model Rail Radio? Uh, I. I think I know DCC is the way to go, but I would certainly like to see some, hear about some DC layout. Mm. 
and how people have operated them. Do you see a little bit more on the uh, the wiring of it, of them and a little bit more of the, the setup of a DC system? Mm. I just edited a podcast with Lawrence Egering talking about his changes in wiring. We have had a few wiring-related discussions recently, perhaps in the podcast I'm yet to edit. So I think that will certainly be coming up. I think what interests me now is that there's, you know, there's dead rail, there's Bluetooth, there's DC, there's DCC, there's, you know, computer controlled hybrids. I mean, there's all different kinds of, of ways of actually getting this thing working now. And I think increasingly, increasingly, I think there's probably just going to be standards for bulletproof wiring. And whether you're running DC, DCC, Bluetooth, what have you. There are going to be those underlying standards, and then there are going to be small changes around turnouts and other things. But yes, I do appreciate this, Joe, and uh, I'll try. I, it just comes up incidentally. I mean, I think that's the nature of wiring discussion, is that it just comes up incidentally. Absolutely. So stay tuned, and hopefully in the edits. And I think the one that I put out today has got the Lawrence Egering discussion, because he his layout, he's had his layout for 24 years. So he talks about the changing wiring techniques specifically um, in the recording I've just put out. So I'm Looking forward to it. That's my particular mindful. Joe, thank you very much for calling in today. I love getting new callers, and your layout sounds particularly fascinating. Please post photos on the Facebook group. Please uh, introduce yourself formally if you haven't already, uh, because it's wonderful to get a sense of your layout. And I'm look, I'm a fan of the Blue Comet. Seeing the Blue Comet running, on, uh, even if it is on your layout in a couple of years' time, it would be wonderful to see. So thank you very much for calling in today. Thanks a lot, Tom. like to welcome on a gentleman who when i think of the lockdown when i think of the northern california tech industry lockdown the craziness that just is the new normal for those of us that are stuck in the digital salt mines i always think of dave falkenberg dave a pleasure to have you back on as this new normal becomes even more normal what is going on with you in the model railroading hobby oh boy um i just posted on the group uh, I am working with Bernard and others from the Silicon Valley lines Wonderful. on bringing up a bunch of uh, battery-powered wireless camera cars. Um, so they are essentially a do-it-yourself uh, version of uh, a camera car. Mm. Um, the Raspberry Pi Zero, yep. uh, a, sp a spy camera. And a battery board and a battery. Yep. Uh, kind of stuck on a, on a flat car. So we're working on, uh, creating the recipe for this. Um, and, uh, having more than one car running. Um, so we're, I'm in the process of building my car. Bernard has his done. James Brazil, who's also been on the podcast and mm -hmm. the, the Facebook group is also building a car. Um, I just spent a little bit of time after lunch soldering the 40 pin socket on the uh on the board so and then letting everything dry out before uh after i alcoholed it so that i don't uh offer up uh, the board to the gods blue of, flame uh, magic smoke. Blue flame. <laughs> well i have it sitting here I, because of my day job i know how batteries work so I have, i'm doing a smoke test on the granite countertop in the kitchen um not that Throwing, being able to throw it in the sink would do anything, but uh, so far the battery car, the battery seems to be charging. We have a 1200 milliamp hour battery. I don't know what that's going to work out to, but mm. it, uh, it is, uh, we'll see how long it runs a Raspberry Pi at some point. The really nice thing about the board is it has a low power uh, pin. Of yeah. And so we can actually prevent the cars from killing themselves, which, which would happen if you use one of those simple cell phone, uh, battery packs. The yep. idea is to make this really idiot proof, make mm -hmm. this, uh, something that people all over can, can, uh, try. Um, so let's talk we'll about see. this. We've codified this listeners to this podcast. What we are talking about specifically, if you haven't, if your eyes haven't already glazed over, is this notion that, and I think Silicon Valley Lines is the hub of this. I was talking to Mike O'Dorney about getting one of my, I think, three or four memberships now um, yeah. to him because he's so fascinated by the stuff that you guys are doing. So I'll, I need to reach out. In fact, I asked Mike to together um, with Bernard to see if I can get him one of my uh, memberships. But what we're talking about here specifically for the general listener is this notion that through the new normal, 
there are going to be layouts like Silicon Valley lines, and I've advocated this for Seth Gartner and a wide variety of other folk in the hobby that have absolutely beautiful layouts, that they put these... And they're locomotives, fundamentally, right? It's the locomotive front end that you're talking about here specifically. There is a car yeah, the in front of it. The idea is you put a car in front of it of yep. some sort, so you get a cab view yep. of the rails. And you can then, the next stage, after having the camera moving around, is virtual operating sessions, obviously. that you're or remote. Building, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remote yeah. operating. Remote yeah. operating sessions, where you can literally dial in and potentially all over the world. I could operate on... Martin Jenkins, circa mid-80s era Melbourne layout. That is the dream for the future, virtually and, doing this thing. And theoretically, you could also be a suicidal guy driving one of those remote-controlled cars, racing the train yeah. out of grade crossing, too. <laughs> so. <laughs> that would be a very fast video landing on the that ground relatively quickly. Long, yeah, physics doesn't scale down, as it turns <laughs> out, but yeah. So my, my preference would be on the tracks there, but yes, yes, the possibilities yeah. Yeah, yeah, are yeah, limitless. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so what we're talking about here is the technology to allow people to be on a layout, operating on a layout without physically being there. And I think this has been the missing piece with regards to lockdown. Obviously, we've had Zoom and all other technologies with regards to virtual clinics and all this other stuff. But the, the layout vistas, it's, people are still talking about like webcams on rail fanning points and this kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. in terms of this technology, you've actually seen the prototype has actually run, right? You've actually seen this technology working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first car we ran, I think it was last month in June. Mm. Um, and uh, But also there, there's been another session. There's a guy with a giant Conrail layout that has part of the NMRAX stuff that Gordy was doing. Mm-hmm. They ran a remote operating session. So, yeah, it's 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 kind of interesting. Uh, so last month we had Murph controlling all of the turnouts, mm-hmm. and he was running the dispatch office from his house up in the Santa Cruz Mountains. Wonderful. And uh, it involved – there's more to glaze everybody else over. There, you know, We had to set up a virtual private network mm-hmm. – and all this other stuff, but it turns out that you just install some stuff on your computer, and yep. you can you can do everything you could do at the club, other than probably switching. Hmm. Switching is uh, switching, I think, is going to work better with kind of drone cam uh, hmm. approach. And then obviously, so you guys have tried that at Silicon Valley Labs. You've, you've yeah, tried yeah, that yeah. at we, Silicon Valley Labs. You had, I think, four cameras at one time, yep. kind of drone camming, particularly around. Like points of, you know, points of operating interest, let's just say. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we have done a couple things. Back in April or May, uh, Bernard's layout uh, at his house, he had an expansion of that section. Uh, mm. He had a very, it's a very compact Markland layout, mm-hmm. and then he built an extension onto it. And that extension is very much like a Fremo module set. And so it was a whole town with some switching. So the idea is you could run from his normal Velzelbahn layout out to this town. And I don't remember where it was or what mm. it was. Um, but the idea is, is that we had a session where um, he was the engineer and uh, the peanut gallery gave him instructions to move his engine and, and do all the shunting stuff. Mm. So um, it was interesting. Um, it's, it's, far more labor intensive yeah than just switching yourself certainly um and then it you know after a couple of those we had a, another uh run at uh, bill goodenough's layout and uh, that was also he had uh his cell phone pointed at the train mm. and you know it it was interesting but but a lot of the guys at the club like running Mm-hmm. Uh, as as club, there's, there's switchers and there's runners, and we Certainly. wanted to give the runner guys something to do. So we were, we had been brainstorming about building a camera car, mm-hmm. and so um, Bernard was the first one to get it done because he's he's uh, he's at Google, and mm-hmm. uh, they uh, they're also in their weird new normal. So um, he had some time on, on a weekend. And, and put the first prototype together. And then James and I have been following up building additional cars. Mm. Once we get three, we're going to try, we, we tried, we thought about doing something last night and we just couldn't get all the cars together. Mm. Um, the other advantage a couple of us have is 
I get a weekly COVID test for my employer because I occasionally have to stop by the office. So mm. um, I know within, a, you know, usually around the time that there would be a club operating session, whether or not I'd be uh, a, a vector for mm-hmm. COVID. So uh, there's there's a couple of us that have been able to go down and wear masks and socially distance uh, to, to, to kind of facilitate things. Uh, for remote ops, hmm. uh, it works a lot better if someone's got a home layout. Yes, the basement certainly. empire works better, but it's all good. We'll get there. It is a brave new world. Hmm. We're, we're going to also figure out how to get the switching to work. We're, we've got to figure out the bandwidth. Turns out having a bunch of video streams going up <laughs> on your cheap on your cheap cheap internet connection cord club. Might not work. Uh, um, the NMRX guys know all about that. Yes. So, um, so we were able to run two camera cars. The, the idea of bringing up three was to figure out how bad it could get before we needed to spend more money on the internet connection. Mm. So, so, so a couple of layouts in the Bay Area. I mean, obviously, Seth's layout, an obvious contender. But I was thinking Mr. Parks's layout as well. Like, that would be... That's got the internet. That's got the infrastructure. I mean, that's obviously got, you know, Seth Newman's uh, work as well there. I mean, the ability yeah. to have a few of these. I mean, you, there are just, yeah, some layouts that I think lend themselves more to this kind of camera stuff than others. And once you, yeah. so is the idea to get this into something that, um, you know, you potentially sell a board or what have you and just, you know, I mean, what, what's the, what's the end game associated with making this thing ubiquitous? I, so so far, everything we're doing is completely off the shelf. Hmm. Um, I'm, I'm sub- the, 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 the guy in Utah who builds these charger camera or charger boards for Raspberry Pi. Hmm. He's probably going to wonder where, where what the hell are these orders? Well, where why are people ordering them? But then again, yeah, you know, it's it's uh, he's he's certainly cranked up production. It is interesting, um, this whole period. I'm I'm building radio control planes currently just as something to do completely extraneous from anything else. And mm-hmm. the the drone hobbyists mean that basically almost all my parts are drone parts now. I just build balsa oh, around yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I yep. think the, the nature of COVID for a variety of different hobbies is really that everyone is selling parts to everyone, right? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, there are people that I know that... Uh, are in the business and are in direct sales. Mm. And they've basically told uh, friends of friends that uh, COVID and uh, the shut-in nature of it and basically has given them an extra Christmas season. So there are certain places which are making money because the perceived shortages and uh, the desire to get something to work on um, has certainly spurred things. I, I actually think a lot of us have taken projects off of our, out of our personal hobby shops and then we'll order something if we realize there was one thing we were waiting on before we got distracted and moved on to a different new project. Um, so it's been good. Um, I've, uh, the other things that I was doing, I was doing a lot of weathering, weathering mm-hmm. projects. You know, you have so many, you have so many cars and, you can't run them, but you can certainly do something. <laughs> and uh, so I weathered a couple boxcars as part of this uh, wonderful, not-so-wonderful time. Mm. So not touching on anything work-related, let me totally avoid any of these concepts. The potential mm-hmm. for you to – okay, you, you've got Silicon Valley lines. It, we've talked to, with a few folk that are in a similar situation to you that have also started small shelf layouts and things like that. Is there any potential mm-hmm. for you to get a shelf layout in this time frame, or are you? I started one last year mm-hmm. uh, after robotic season ended, mm-hmm. and uh, then work got in the way, mm-hmm. and uh, then robotics started up, and then robotics promptly shut down. Mm-hmm. So I have a I have the start of a shelf layout at home in N scale, uh, currently piled higher and deeper with uh, additional stuff mm. um, as, as, as uh, what, what, what ended up, the interesting thing is I, I decided, Oh, I want to weather some things. And so then the, the shelf layout became a, essentially a workbench. Mm. And then all of a sudden <laughs> all my AK paints and Vallejo mm. uh, <laughs> paint and craft paint ended up sitting and covering up half the layout. 
So it's only one foot by six feet. So it's not that big of an area. It's a layout. Um, it's a layout. It's a layout. I, I'm, I eventually I'll get back to it. I am itching to get back to it. So hopefully making some changes at work so that I have a little more time mm. to think when I get home. Mm. So man, managing is very exhausting. So mm. I'm working on, uh, possibly becoming an engineer where I can can use my brain cells for good and not uh, management curating curating <laughs> status interesting interesting so is your son a junior yeah. this year the, the new year he's is... going, yeah he's going to be a junior school starts in like a week from Tuesday gosh or it starts gosh. it's crazy and what I mean, um, if, if you don't mind me asking what does that actually look like uh, school is uh Basically, here is starting remote. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're at least the fall semester is uh, starting remote. They're doing what looks like four days a week of classes. Um, they're starting later in the day. Mm-hmm. They have built in a new break at certain points of the day, mm-hmm. which they call tutoring time, which mm. I appear would appear to be specific office hours for subjects. Interesting. So basically they're going to do lectures and uh, yeah, it's, it's a little strange. Everything's of course changing because they thought it was going to be a transient thing. And they kind of, for, for the better part of May mm. thought, I, I think everybody, until we got to 4th of July, a lot of people thought, Oh, by July, this will all be back to normal. If we're optimistic, or at least that's what a lot of people thought. Um, then they realized that the system they had in place last year was not going to be sustainable. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be challenging, but I think the kids are surprisingly resilient. Well, clearly um, and they, this is and their first they, pandemic, uh, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> their parents are having a much harder time than the kids. Yes. The kids have all are all online anyway. So yeah, they're all so. playing like, they're all playing, you know, Roblox or Minecraft or whatever the hell else they're playing. Discord apparently um, is, is getting a huge bump in traffic through this period. Uh, so. Discord is huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> like the chat system of choice. And uh, so, and the, like the robotics team is still meeting. Wonderful. Where they're having game night and other things cool. like that. So it's a, it's an interesting time. And do you they're, think this like, will the kids, are, the kids into- are actually all right. I mean, do you think this scales into potentially next year and the year following? I mean, is this are the is is the local education looking at that currently? I think they're they're, they're hopefully thinking that we will have a we will, we will achieve some equilibrium at this point in the fall, and mm-hmm. then maybe be able to slowly return to the schools in January. But that's but kind of my talk, right? Like everybody, that's, that's my yeah, talk. Yeah, yeah, that's. It's it's a little it's very optimistic. Mm. Um, I think it, until there's a vaccine, it's going to be a dance, literally certainly. a dance. Yeah, right? Certainly. We 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 dance in and out of of lockdowns or in and out of restrictions. Um, yeah, it's just really critical to support your local businesses and your local restaurants. A lot of a lot of people aren't going to survive this, um, but you know. There's also an, an an incredible opportunity for those that figure out how to be creative. Amen. Amen. So, uh, whenever someone shuts the door, they open a window, or, or vice versa. So. <laughs> Unless they're in a car in a lake. But let's move on from that. Very good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, a pleasure catching up as always. Please, uh, please stay safe. I'm glad to know that you're tested on a weekly basis. That makes me feel oh, a little yeah, bit yeah, better. Yeah. I. Uh, yeah, I've also been going hiking. Mask mask hiking is a good uh, a good thing to do. So about once a week, I try to get out get out on the trail, and uh, a couple of us have been doing that, all masked up. You know, so it interesting be times. Fun. Interesting times, yep. Dave. Thank you for calling Talk in today. You Thank you for your update. And look, if people have inquiries for a start, if people want, I have I think three or four memberships to Silicon Valley Lines. I offered one to Mike O'Dorney because he asked. Um, if others want to join Silicon Valley Lines virtually, is this something that Bernard and, and Co are thinking about? That as as you guys increase yeah, the virtualization, yeah. maybe you'll have virtual members. No, we do. We actually do have a virtual membership as well. Okay, we've just uh, not been. Uh, we have what we, we used to call a remote membership, 
Mm. And that we, we have at least two members who've moved out of the area that continue to do that. Interesting. And, and okay. uh, but they, they generally, it's, it's mostly to keep in touch and stay on the list. Mm-hmm. It's not, it was never to participate. So, or, so you, maybe you, you need know. a participant virtual membership going forward. Who knows? Who knows? We'll figure it <laughs> well, And in fact, everybody is theoretically a virtual member at this point, oh, other man. than, other than the crazy people who go down. Yeah, I've, I've been a virtual member for about two, three years now. So. Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Probably a little bit longer. Perhaps. I believe me. I've in looked, 2015. The new normal is maybe. the old normal is the, is the curious normal now. So who knows? Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> pleasure catching up, Dave. Please stay safe. Thank you for calling in. Always a yep. pleasure. Thank- Talk to you later, Tom. Take Bye. care. I'd like to welcome on a gentleman who has been with Model Rail Radio since probably, I think, year one. Jeff Shockley, how are you doing? What's going on with the Model Rail Ring hobby? How's Delmar Var weathering the new normal? Hi, Tom. Uh, well, uh, I'm doing good. Um, as far as the club goes, uh, all activities have been have ceased for the rest of, the, of this year, and uh, we've canceled our uh, 2021 uh, open house season because of COVID. So uh, people, I mean... In terms of the space, are people like individually getting to the space still, or is the space completely yeah. closed? No, it, it it is open. Some members are going in and, and making you know, sure sure everything's uh, in order and, and trains can run. Uh, but yeah, uh, basically you have to have a key to get into the building. So I don't have a key, so I can't get down there. So in terms of the newsletter and other things that you do, is that still going on? Are you still maintaining the community through the? lockdown or what are you doing yeah the uh the newsletter goes out every month uh, i'm the editor so i make sure we, we get it out every month um it's getting it's not quite as big as it used to be because uh everything going on but yeah we, we, it is coming out every month so have you been getting have you been getting your copy i have most certainly most certainly, <laughs> most certainly. okay so in terms of the stuff that dave falkenberg is talking about this idea of having trains with cameras that are running on the layout. I mean, obviously this, this is very much in the future for a number of clubs. Would you consider this kind of technology for Del Mar Uh I, I would. I, I've, I've always advocated to try to get a, a, a couple of camera cars so people can see at least, uh, you know, the, like the HO, the HO lot. It's, it's, it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's so big that you can't see it in one, in one picture. So they Certainly. would be, they would be able to see the entire layout, you know, from uh, ground level. And in terms of the the kind of fiduciary aspect of this thing, I mean, obviously the open houses and stuff did things for membership. It brought money into the club. I mean, is the club going to be doing, you know, virtual fundraising and things like that? Or are you in a state where you can just shut things down and the fundraising really isn't that important? Well, we, we can survive for about three, for about three more years with, with okay. no fundraising whatsoever. Interesting. So you guys are in pretty good shape then? Yes. Wonderful. We, we we we've been we've been saving um, for a rainy day and well, I guess a rainy year now. So <laughs> interesting, interesting. So the decision to close things down proactively into next year is probably based on just a series of unknown factors, but it's a very mature perspective. I've talked to Mike Slater periodically, and I mean, obviously, you know, Trainfest has now gone virtual, but very few. I mean, I I don't know. Do you get a sense of other clubs that they're all making these decisions now or do you think that Delmarvar is just kind of preemptively thinking ahead well we we decided to close uh, to, to announce that we're, that we're closing because uh we need to get advertising and, and everything going now and, and and there's just you know we, we don't know what's going to go happen in the future so hmm. we've held back on our, on our advertising so we just uh, since there's no advertising going out we've decided to just cancel the season fair enough fair enough so I guess in terms of everything that you guys do, all the community outreach, the scouting and these kind of things, I mean, do you get a sense of these things moving virtual? Do you get a sense of, you know, people doing, you know, Zoom calls and stuff for this kind of stuff? I mean, what, what happens with that? That's a, that's a good question. Uh, the, the first day clip here in Dover, we, uh, we had to cancel our, our the 33rd class for our, our Railway Merit Badge because, uh, it was scheduled for the 14th, and the governor shut us down on the 13th. So, yes, if, yes. if he'd waited until that Monday, we could have had it. But uh, we've been we've been discussing. You know, uh, we opened up last month for our first meeting since all this happened, and uh, 
we you know we socially distanced we wore masks we did all that and uh we had, we had 15 people there so we so we we, we had a quorum and everything, and we discussed some of this, and we were talking that uh, maybe, uh, and yeah, maybe in the future do a do a virtual merit badge class. It certainly, I think, yeah. The, I mean, it just seems to be that these things are becoming the new normal. So, yeah, the, the technology you know ebbs and flows associated with it, but it's the kind of thing where you could video it. I mean, it wouldn't even have to be live necessarily. You could just video kind of step by step instructions. They could even take photographs at the end. And I mean, I, I don't, do you get a sense of what's happening to scouting through the new normal? We discussed the, uh, you know, doing the, uh, doing the entire session pre-recorded, mm. you know, just have pre-recorded sections. And then that way, uh, you know, they can come and go as they wanted. And just, uh, you know, the, um, our, our, our thinking is, you know, we would, we would want to do at least one live. So we get, get the, uh, get the presence of the cameras and everything. Certainly. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, nowadays, uh, you know, who, who knows what's going to happen in the, in the future? Yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> so, in terms of the new normal, in terms of the hobby for you specifically, obviously the club was just a large part of your your hobbying interest. So, you do are you other aspects of the hobby that you're able to maintain through the new normal? Well, I, uh, a friend, I have I had a couple of friends who have passed away, and, and uh, uh, their their children gave me some of their trains. Gosh, so I've been trying to. You know, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm taking my hand. I'm, I'm trying my hand at, uh, at, uh, airbrushing. Wonderful. And, uh, and, uh, I've never been much of an, of an electronics expert, but I'm playing around with, with the older stuff. Mm. So I, if, if a short set, it's no big deal. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So are you, do you have a shelf layout? Are you contemplating building something within your space? Well, I was, uh, the front bedroom was going to be my train room, but unfortunately my daughter moved back in. So mm. that just, uh, I had, I had a, had a, had a, a 24 inch by eight inch or eight foot table that I was going to put a, an, an, uh, a small HO layout on and play around with it. But that's, that's going out the window now because of her moving back in. Mm -hmm. So yeah, no anticipation for anything smaller, I guess. Come <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I um, since I don't have much much of anything, I can I can do whatever I want. I guess. Fair enough. Fair enough. Liberating. Liberating. <laughs> yes. So, in terms of model rail radio, I mean, you obviously you've listened in over uh, over many months since you last called in. Are there any topics that we should be covering? Anything that we're missing? You would you like to hear more Ooh. of anything? Uh, no, I, I I enjoy all all the episodes. I, I, I you know it's kept me it's kept me active into the hobby too because. Uh, some of the ideas that people have brought up, I've tried here, you know, with, with this stuff that, this, the old new stuff that I've gotten. Mm. So it's, you know, I, I'm, you're, you're doing, you're doing a real good job. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. Well, stay safe. Thank you for calling in. And yeah, I, I mean, my hope is that Dave Falkenberg and co will create a series of relatively easy to use kind of drop in solutions since that seems to be the, the nature of a lot of this technology. And, uh, Maybe Del Marvar will be running virtual sessions in 2021. So let us hope. Oh, yeah, yes, let us hope. Well, you know how we do things, Jeff. Please start the yep. call if anything comes up. You know what to do. But thank yep. you for calling in today. Pleasure. Thank you for taking my call. I would like to welcome on a gentleman who has been inspiring young folk. I really enjoyed the photos of your grandson operating your layout. Roger Keisler, what has been going on with the hobby aside from bringing in the next generation? I'm uh, continuing to work on my layout, shelf layout now, and uh, just recently plastered the whole thing uh, scenery-wise, and uh, today I got a coat of paint down on everything, Wonderful. so it's ready for the, the ground foam part. But part of that uh, was in the little video of uh, Freddie helping me... Uh, do the uh, ground foam as well, mm. uh, which lasted about thirty seconds until he wanted to go do something <laughs> else. That's, but uh, you know we 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 persist and uh, not to uh, get him tired or, or bored of anything. Certainly. Just uh, when he wants to help, uh, oh, certainly man. we take advantage of it. And, yeah. Um, so so everything built, uh, everything is finished in the space. I mean, it's all it's all ready for because you were in the process of finishing it. I think when we last spoke. Yeah. So. This is part that I'm working on until I get the rest rest of the walls finished. So oh, okay. I've got some layout to, uh, it's not all going to be uh, drywall until, you know, 
get everything done. We have to get something running for Freddy. That's he's uh, he's the driving <laughs> factor now. He's the one that come on, Grandpa. Let's let's get you know let's move some trains today, sort of thing. Wonderful. So um, yeah. So uh, let's see what else. Um, while I'm doing this, I'm trying to do the electrical, and I'm trying to uh, draw schematics as I go along, partly with the AP uh, achievement mm-hmm. program. Uh, so I'm coming up with different CAD programs and so on and uh, thinking about doing some signaling on it. And so I got into some JMRI stuff, Panel Pro. Cool. And I was watching Mike uh, Devereaux's, uh, Devereaux's um videos on youtube and they were quite mm. helpful and entertaining so uh, i take those in small batches okay i want to learn about uh, you know how to put a block in i watch another video oh yeah. that's how you do it okay yeah. you can go ahead and draw those in so um yeah they've been most helpful there's a lot of uh, a lot of good content on youtube if you uh, sort through it and uh if you can stay awake through some of the videos some of them are quite short and <laughs> um those are the ones I can pay attention to. Wonderful. <laughs> Mike's pretty good. I've, I've watched a couple of those videos even with my wife, and she managed to sit through them, although she's a big fan of Mike's work anyway. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think he really – he's got a perfect pitch on some of these videos. So, yeah. Yeah, he, he was, he's one of the better ones. I think uh, some of the other ones are a little bit drier, but um, so we take those ones in short little bites. But, uh, yeah, it's easy to, you know, if you want to – learned about the next subject just uh type in a search on youtube and oh mm. here here's another another one to you know see the next take you the next step away along uh drawing and putting in s- switches and that sort of thing and linking them up and everything so uh i don't know if i'll continue to use jmri to drive the signals i may go come up with a a different system um so it's all new learning to me anyway so mm. Uh, it's always been something I've never got involved with, but I would like to someday. So, mm. yeah. And this day is coming, um, I guess. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, another thing, I don't know if I've talked about this previously, but I've formally uh, left Credit Valley. No, you didn't. No. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, well, with COVID and everything, it was uh, time. So I'm in the, uh, I don't know. The risky category and that sort of thing. And, uh, um, so I'm just, uh, mostly just finishing up a few p- customers, uh, jobs and that sort of thing that I have to do. Mm. And, uh, we're parting on good terms and so on. So we may get back together in the future if we can do something. But, uh, are you going freelance now, or are you retiring officially from? Um, I still have, uh, demands from people for, uh, me to yes. fix their stuff for them. Very so. good. <laughs> At knife point, right. <laughs> uh, depending on whether I want to or not, uh, Interesting. there's something I want to work on. So. But you're not taking uh, new customers. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? You're, you're officially not taking new customers. Well, no, I, I it or depends on the job, but Very I, good. It, it's always something if I'm interested in, if, if, Certainly. uh, if it's not something I'm interested in, then you, you got to pay me an awful lot of money to do it. Interesting. So, <laughs> yes. Uh, so that uh, cuts down on the chaff quite a bit. But uh, yeah, I, I'm I still have uh, people calling me up and wanting me to do installs and work on stuff for them. So uh, good friends more than anything, and mm. I'll uh, keep on doing that sort of thing as well. Um, and do you think you're going to be spending more time doing virtual clinic? related stuff as well i mean i think your knowledge is in it's still in high demand i mean if you consider doing becoming i mean you already do clinics but if you consider doing more of them yeah i i wouldn't be uh, adverse to doing them doing more um they're interesting and uh i know there's another uh, round of uh, the rpm uh, mm. ones that have been announced in august um i believe it's been put up on uh, model rail radio uh, Certainly, Facebook yep. group uh today some fascinating. So that's topics. something else. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not a presenter for that, but uh, I will in future if uh, I've got always got something to talk about. So um, the standards know, been... are getting remarkable. I mean, I was talking to Clark Kooning recently about this. In fact, the audio that I just put out, multi cameras, just like lots of really. I mean, I think what's going to be interesting, particularly for anything you know, model related, any clinics model related 
is not only the presenters, but also the people building, you know, the kits and what have you are also going to have cameras. And I mean, I think there's a kind of technical arms race here associated with the clinicians and the people participating in the clinics. Do you, do you foresee this? I mean, obviously things are moving relatively rapidly. I, I remember you, you, you're a proponent of multiple cameras, aren't you? Well, I'm, I'm not a camera guy, but, uh, <laughs> like, when we've uh, presented, uh, I've been on uh, my computer screen sort mm-hmm. of thing, brought, brought that up and, you know, PowerPoint or uh, that sort of thing. Um, I've had uh, people come in with cameras and so on on my, on my layout to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, run a camera car around, that sort of thing. So they're always interested in, you know, doing more of that. Barry Silverthorne, of course. Uh, Certainly. Um, did my last layout and I've done several clinics with him as well mm. over the years. So, um, yeah. Um, so I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm some, something of a Luddite, I think. Uh, <laughs> so in the, in the Dave Falkenberg virtual operating session, camera car on your layout perspective, yeah, that needs to be completely drop, drop in plug and play Wi-Fi password. And, you know, it, it needs to be, as minimalist, impactful as possible before it's actually run on your lap, right? Well, you're gonna you're gonna need somebody to put the pole back on the wire too when it comes off. So. Well, that's an interesting problem. <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting problem to have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably if I went to Panagraph, they might, ha- might not not have so much problem. But uh, yes, I'm yes. One of those weird prototype guys. So alas, uh, yeah. <laughs> So in terms of, I mean, since we last spoke, it's been, I think, probably about a month. It feels that way. If it's longer, mm-hmm. it's longer. What, what have you been observing in the hobby? What kind of things are you finding interesting? I mean, obviously, your parting ways with Credit Valley um, has occurred since we last spoke. But what other things have you been tracking in the hobby recently? I've been on some of the Zoom conferences with uh, Jim Kello and so on. Mm. Those have been interesting. Um Mostly uh, when it's I don't I don't take in everyone. It's uh, usually when there's there's some somebody or something I uh, interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm still uh, I still ration my time, so I'm not uh, I, I don't I'm not a fanatic YouTube guy. This is mm-hmm. uh, something new for me watching these instructional videos. Uh, um, it's it's uh watching them to learn how to do something so uh, which they're very good at so if you don't if you don't learn from one you go on to the next yes hopefully they'll explain a little bit more do you find um, yourself subscribing to the channels or are you just looking for it for very specific content yeah i'm looking for uh i lately i've been typing in jmri signaling mm. and uh or panel pro or something like that to uh get the specific because if you go on jmri you know you'll you'll be uh, oh yeah talking about operations and yes. uh, you know decoder um uh, programming and all that kind of stuff I, that's one thing over the years i've resisted jmri because uh i was a guy to uh doing all the programming to put in the actual cv numbers so i knew what i was talking about not just uh sliding a button up and down on the screen mm. um so i uh but you know now i'm more or less done with that, so now I can maybe enjoy some <laughs> some of that type of programming. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> but I, I'd like to be able, you know, to go to a show, somebody would bring up a, a locomotive with a decoder problem. Mm. I could set it on my test track, and I could, you know, uh, I could return it to factory resets or try to, you know, shoot, troubleshoot their problem right there because I knew what the CVs were rather than having a, a computer with me to, you know, yes. load JMRI and, and yeah. troubleshoot. So, uh, that was, that was my main benefit of, uh, uh, learning by the numbers rather than, uh, the computer program. It is interesting though, because I think the JMRI aficionados, when I did show 100 here, we had a crew come and, and I'm not sure if you've seen the video, but build a layout through the house downstairs. And they basically brought a JMRI box. It was almost like a suitcase. They just plugged in, everything kind of ran. I mean, I got the sense through that that if there'd been an issue with the locomotive, they just would have switched out the locomotive in that circumstance. Right. So yeah, that's I think, true. Yeah, you know, the, the folks that are JMRI-focused have solutions to those problems already, basically. So, yeah, it's an interesting 
an interesting kind of uh, you know approach to to the hobby. But they are True. so passionate about it. I mean, they you know they ran a couple of JMRR clinics downstairs while we were doing Show One Hundred, um, right. and you know had had good huddles. So I think well, I mean, I'm in the part of the world where JMRI not only originated, all the litigation went down. I mean, it really you know the San Francisco Bay Area is JMRI central, so you know you can't really escape it here. Uh, but yeah, yeah I, look, I, more power to you. You know, the wires go on top, and you know, you type in the numbers, and more power to you, Roger Chrysler. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah, we're uh, the push is to get scenery down, and then we can put the wires up, and we'll have something running hopefully within the next month and a half. I hope, mm. or less. Gosh. So uh, yeah, I have uh, one section of track uh, running two rail. Uh, which Freddie likes to run, mm-hmm. and uh, the rest is going to be all overhead. But I've uh, come up with a interesting solution to running a two-rail, sharing a two-rail uh, locomotive with uh, overhead wire. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm using uh, Tam Valley Frog Juicer Ooh. to switch the polarity of yeah. the uh, odd rail uh, so it Basically, it senses a short and switches to the opposite polarity. Mm. So if uh, we're running uh, traction with both rails the same and the overhead's different, it'll run into that. It'll switch to the, say, the black one is at the back. It'll run, it'll, it'll, it'll switch the, the two common rails and the, o- the overhead's the third rail. If uh, we back out and a diesel runs into it, it'll sense the needs a two, two, mm-hmm. uh, uh, positive and negative a, a B rail in, in, uh, DCC. So it'll switch to that and you're able to run over the same track. One problem is just not to occupy, uh, you know, the same. Yeah. That won't work section with, uh, <laughs> two. So we have fuses in there to prevent that sort of thing. Wonderful. <laughs> if that happens. Yeah. Yes. So that's uh, a solution I've come up with. And I don't know if anybody's ever done that before, but, uh, seems to work right now, but we'll see, uh, See what Freddie has to say about it. So I like this idea of the peer pressure of a grandson. I like yeah. that. Yeah. So we've, um, I don't know if you've seen, I built him the uh, learning tower. Mm. And I originally built one for the kitchen, and it was on a Ikea stool. So he could stand up to the counter and help do the dishes and yes, yes. wash his hands. And So I made a bigger one for the basement, and it's on a Black & Decker workmate, which brings it up higher. So my Wonderful layout height is 54 inches so mm-hmm. he's able to get up there and you know his height he can see what's going on mm. has a uh, very wide stance on the bottom so it's very sturdy it's Wonderful. not going to tip over and the top of it clamps into the uh the vice part of the the workmate to uh, allow him to you know share the experience sort of thing so wonderful yeah get the next generation in yep Seems to be the next generation getting a couple of generations previous in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Roger. Well, well, I had, I had daughters before, so they were, they weren't, uh, as enthused, uh, you know, as, uh, a boys, boys would be Fair over the, the layout. So. Although look, uh, look, Ron Kleiss and co folks with daughters who are enthused by the hobby. There are oh, daughters yeah. out there apparently. And I look, I, I've, I've met uh, Rachel. I'm well aware that she is enthused by the hobby. So my view is that they are out there, but they are, as you note, in a minority, unfortunately. Well, so. my daughter's made trees for me and that sort of thing. So Fair enough. Was, uh, yeah. Child labor. You're always, yeah, that's right. Yep. She, <laughs> yeah. So in terms of your local area, I mean, I guess you, you, are you guys still on like lockdown? I mean, you're obviously in a different category, but is there any opening up or are folks just basically staying remote? Yeah. Well, this, this week we've gone into stage three, hmm. which is, uh, allowing, I think it's a hundred people indoors, but hmm. you know, with social distancing still, but that sort of thing. Uh, so things have opened up, you know, you can get a haircut and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we were a week behind the rest of the province because, uh, there was some, um, uh, farm workers here from uh, Mexico that mm. uh, they uh, contracted uh, uh, COVID uh, in isolation. So they uh, they were bringing down the, the, the numbers of the rest of the, the, ratio. Com- the yeah. county sort of thing. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, but we're back up with everybody else now, except for, I think, Windsor, Essex is the only mm. part that's not, uh, they're still in stage two, so. Uh, yes. Yeah, I, so, I, do yeah. a, I do a game with Chris Abbott, who I think is mm-hmm. in Windsor from memory. Um, no, he's in uh, he's in the Toronto area. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, no, so I, I keep in contact with him. I see him every, every other week or so. It's always wonderful to, to spend even virtual time with Chris Abbott. Um, right. But yeah, he's, we're playing games. So it's in, not in the model railroading hobby, in the part of, right. in his new hobby or his old hobby, so to speak. But, uh, still wonderful to yeah. see Chris virtually. Yeah. So. That's another thing. Freddie's been, uh, finding all my, uh, Napoleonic, uh, Ooh. wargaming figures and that sort of thing and, uh, <laughs> wanting to, to hold them and look at them and that sort of thing. So it's another uh, mm. hobby we'll get him into, I guess. I don't think I've officially days. told the story on the podcast, but for a wedding anniversary this year, my wife got me a Napoleonic medal. Oh, um, very good. Which was just absolutely staying. In fact, it's a collection of medals from the fellow's life. Um, mm. But his first his first battle of note was Waterloo, where he captured a cannon and got a medal accordingly for it. So I have never really had an interest in Napoleonics up until getting this medal. And then very swiftly, I started reading a lot more about it. And, yeah, fascinating mm-hmm. times, start of lockdown. My uh, my interest in that was originally from the War of 1812, mm. because my family was here then. And there was actually a famous battle on Battle of Chrysler's Farm. Ooh. It wasn't my side of the family, but uh, <laughs> there was a uh, was actually... Uh, Queen Victoria in the 1850s issued uh, medals for the War of 1812, hmm. and the three medal three clasps that were added were one was for Detroit, one was for Chrysler's Farm, and the other one was for uh, Shadow Gay, which is a big uh, battle in uh, Montreal. That hmm. uh, so between Chrysler's Farm and uh, Shadow Gay, that's what saved Montreal from uh, being invaded. So, and cutting off the rest of the country. So, yes. Yeah. One of the things I started at lockdown was I started getting, they have these priority mailboxes here and I got uh, 20 of them, medium sized ones. And I filled them with some of them with wargaming figures that I'm never going to get to paint. And oh, yeah. a large section of those were French Indian war, which is what you're describing. French, what's called the oh, French Indian not, wars. That was a couple of words before. Yeah. Um, well, 1812, wasn't that the French Indian wars? No, eight is uh, that earlier. There was actually. The French and Indian War was the Seven Years' War. Ah, yes, sorry, was, you're there right. There was the American Revolution. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> and then there was uh, War of 1812. So. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, you're right. I'm, I'm not even getting my wars correct in this. So anyway, yes, I sent this on to a fellow who did a live stream today of him actually getting the figures out and setting them up. It's wonderful. I don't know. It was a, I'm not even really a war gamer. I'm just someone who collects figures. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah. The, the whole nature of sending them on to people and seeing them but yes, ah, I'm going to have to edit this audio and get my history right, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Gosh, so many, so many wars in North America representing wars and in, in Europe through that period. Oh well, that's right. Yeah, fun times, fun times. Well, I'm I'm glad Freddie is getting not only into model writing but also into Napoleonics. I think, yeah, fascinating, fascinating getting youth interested in history. Mm, very good. Uh, okay, yeah. Um, I don't know what else I have to say here. Uh, Fair enough. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> well, thank you very much for calling in, Roger, and uh, and setting me straight. We're associated with my specific historical dates. I really, <laughs> I really have thoroughly enjoyed the photo update. So uh, please keep oh, them coming. Good. And uh, yeah, Freddie is clearly a, a bad influence friend in the hobby. So congratulations. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, from Joe to a variety of regular callers and uh, Jeff Shockley, always a pleasure catching up with Jeff and Delmar Varr and Dave Falkenberg and virtualized loud operating sessions. Oh, my goodness. The new normal is coming, and uh, yes, we just have to embrace the new normal. I'd like to thank everyone for, for putting up with the delay in show releases. I think that is going to be the uh, the standard stamp for the outro for the foreseeable future. I have debated going back to every other week shows, but as, as today's show shows, we can get in a variety of new and interesting callers and a variety of folk providing useful updates. So I think I'm going to be maintaining the weekly frequency going forward. 
I had thought about putting in potentially Friday evening my time and Sunday evening my time as other options. And I'm going to float through the Model Rail Radio Facebook group whether folks will want to do show recordings at other times. Normally I do it on Saturday at two very specific times, one in the UK friendly time and one for uh, for North American uh, folk and potentially Australians and others. But if it's just the wrong day of the week for you, or if you would prefer another time, please get in contact with me and let me know. I'm going to do a survey through Facebook anyway, but I think um, certainly the weekly frequency is something that I will need to continue with. But at the same point, I want to make sure that we're getting the uh, maximum possible coverage. We have a variety of folk who I've never had the opportunity to speak with. We've got folks in uh, Taiwan and all through like Europe and South America. And I mean, there are a bunch of different locations that we just, you know, historically have not well represented in recording time. So if Saturday evening, which is Sunday morning for folks in Australia, if this is no good for you, we can change the time quite easily. Anyway, thanks to everyone for participating today. Thanks to the folks for listening in. Good evening. Good night, Tom. Good night, Tom. Good night, Tom.